Well, can I add my um, welcome to Linda's? There's several people I don't know here this morning, so welcome. Um, you're very, very welcome to be here, um, and it'd be good to get to know some of you um, after church this morning for coffee. Um, I just also wanted to say, isn't it wonderful um, that our young church, are, are, that the faith that we hold is shared with them in, in a way that empowers them to come out with answers like, a king is fair and a king is worthy, um, and to have that just intrinsic faith in Jesus Christ. I just, um, yeah, there we are. And welcome, especially if you're back from university. I see one or two faces um, who are back from university, and we want to welcome you back very warmly um, and say it's great to see you, it really is. And we partner with you in prayer. Wherever you are, you're still part of our fellowship here, and, and it's great when you're able to be back here amongst us. So welcome to people who are back from university. I think I've shared with you before that I used to work um, in South Wales as, as a hospital chaplain before I came here. Um, and a reasonably common experience uh, for myself as a hospital chaplain formerly and hospital chaplains um, in hospitals is to receive calls in the middle of the night um, as ward staff um, call um, the duty chaplain to come and to pray with Um, someone who's quite unwell. And usually what happens is a family member on the ward will will approach the nurse in charge and say, you know, I'd like like someone to come and pray with me because my loved one is, is close to the end of their life. And in addition to the invitation to enter that space as a stranger to the family and to stand with them in prayer being a, a, a fundamental privilege, it's always struck me that in certain times and spaces, God compels people, even when they don't know him as Lord and Saviour, to seek someone who will stand with them in prayer. And what was also so interesting was the contrast the hospital I, I served at was um, relative to the size of Addenbrooke's and Hinchinbrook and Packworth, a ve- relatively small hospital, just 270 beds. Um, and that made there be a strong likelihood that if I was called to see someone in the small hours of the night, it was more than likely that I'd seen them several times um, in the preceding weeks. And what was interesting was that um, people are always very keen to see the chaplain in a hospital setting because it breaks up the monotony of hospital life, Um, and I think hospital chaplains are well aware of the reality of that, that uh, for a lot of people it's not the opportunity to discuss spiritual matters or to receive prayer or communion, though for some it is, and that's very important, but for most people it breaks up the monotony of sitting in a chair all day on a hospital ward. And whilst I always used to offer prayer at the end of visiting a particular patient, um, it was rarely invited, Um, it was always offered, but but rarely invited. And yet somehow, sometimes after a routine visit, hours after a routine visit, you might get a call in the small hours of the night to come back to see that same patient who was approaching the end of their life. And at that point, prayer was sought by the family. It wasn't just waited to be offered, but it was intentionally sought. In fact, that was the reason for the invitation to come back. And so I believe that part of God's ministering by the Holy Spirit is the conviction of people in a place of need that something more than words, something more than just kindness is often asked for by by a person. 
Tom Wright chooses to express it like this. There is something about prayer which says, we are open to someone, something beyond. We are at least in principle aware of a higher power beyond our own power, a presence, perhaps even a person, beyond and probably higher than our own person. All prayer is like that. It is at least a start. And there is a danger in the popularisation of language in our society that meanings get obscured. We know, don't we, that the word Christian is both used properly as as someone who um, knows the difference between right and wrong and tries to live a good life. And the same word is used by those who would seek to follow Jesus intentionally. So too with prayer, when on Facebook or in requests, when news is shared, um, people will respond, you're in my thoughts and prayers. And some of the time that's meant by a person who is of faith, saying that I will commit to praying for you and upholding you in prayer, but often it means I will think of you kindly. And, And these words which have profound meaning to people of faith have parallels in society. And the problem with that is that um, the popular understandings of the word only go so far. Um, So to be a Christian, to know the difference between right and wrong. Well, you're missing the difference that Jesus makes in life, the power that he has to transform our lives, to, to redeem our lives, to give us fresh purpose and meaning to our lives. And when we think about prayer as being more than kind words, we see the opportunity to speak intentionally God's intervention into people's lives and his power to transform all things. When I'm in trouble, what I'm seeking is more than kind words. What I'm seeking is someone who will stand with me in prayer, who will ask God to work in my life and the situations that I'm facing. And when called out to hospital in the middle of the night and the situations and conversations that arise there, kind words give way to instinctive desire, a need which groans within us for the work and ministry of God in our lives, even when we don't understand who God is or his power to transform. So let's get to some scripture. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 25 before we turn to Philippians. In Romans 8, 25, we read, But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. We hope for what we do not yet see. Other translations, um, including ours, says we hope for what we do not yet have. And yet the same Spirit of God moves within us to make us aware of our fundamental need for God and our desire that in situations, particularly awful situations, that there is someone standing alongside us in prayer. So turning back to our passage from Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, we see Paul standing in prayer with the church in Philippi. Philippi, of course, was in northern Greece. And Paul's connection to the church is strong since he planted the church in Acts chapter 16. He has remained in partnership 
uh, with the church ever since he planted it. And he writes to it with strong affection. Philippians is one of the letters that Paul wrote whilst in prison to encourage the early churches to keep going with the Lord and to be faithful to his teachings. And the Philippian church have been doing so. In fact, Paul recognises their partnership with, um, with the gospel or in the gospel from the first day until the present. And he seeks to encourage them in that. And the Greek word here behind partnership is significant throughout all of Paul's letters. It is the word koinonia, koinonia, which translates as fellowship or association or community or communion or joint participation. You get the idea. It's a togetherness in the gospel. For Paul, the church community which gave him the greatest joy was the one where there was um, a community and fellowship connected in Jesus Christ. And this koinonia, this sharing, was expressed through prayer for each other and for Paul. And what I think marks out this type of Christian community is people who will stand alongside each other in prayer for one another. And the effect of this we see at the end of our passage this morning. We see that love overflows more and more, that our knowledge will increase and so will wisdom. In standing with each other in prayer, we will be more readily able to challenge each other in love when things go wrong and to encourage one another in faith uh, when people need encouragement. Prayer is then both the glue and the lifeblood that holds Christian community together so that people may come to know the Lord's purposes for their lives. So some practical points. When you pray with someone, pray with expectation as your faith allows the God that God would work in that person's life. In James chapter 5 we read, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So pray with expectation that God will work in their lives. Secondly, pray committedly. Paul tells the church in Thessalonica to pray without ceasing. So when we try and draw alongside someone and we commit to upholding them in prayer, we need to be faithful to that offer in prayer. So if you agree to pray for someone, make sure that you're going to do it, uh, because that's important. We need to pray committedly. Thirdly, we need to pray for the people we find difficult. And the Bible talks about loving our enemies and praying for those who persecute us. We need to pray for people we find difficult. And if that seems an unattractive concept, I'll give you an insight. That praying for people we find difficult is a fundamental way of reframing the way we see them and the way we relate to them and interact with them. By, by holding a person who we find difficult before God in prayer, we ask for God's love to intervene in their lives and we ask that they may know his purposes more. And so our heart connects via our prayers to theirs and our view of that person becomes reframed in Christ. So we need to pray for people we find difficult. Fourthly, we need to cultivate an awareness of God throughout the day. It's harder to pray when, um, when we don't actually have an awareness of God at work in our lives. 
and having that awareness, which we can do um, by, by listening to worship music or by uh, having a daily pattern of prayer um, or by just positioning scriptures around our desks or wherever we uh, are during the day. Cultivating an awareness of God throughout the day will help ingrain prayer into our lives. And finally, being thankful for answered prayer. Witness Paul's joy at the fruit of the church's work in Philippi. Giving thanks helps us to be more aware of the work of God in our lives and the world around us. And it's quite poignant perhaps that we discuss standing with each other in prayer this morning as we have a membership service where as part of that commitment of membership we commit to upholding each other in prayer and service and so it's particularly important today that we renew our resolve to uphold one another as members of this fellowship and as people connected with it in prayer amen